G'day, welcome to Stat Stuffers. As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dylan. How are you? I'm good, Ramiz. How are you? I'm great. It, you know, NBA's back. We have had almost a full week of games. Obviously, it didn't start on the Monday, I don't think, um, of last week. But yeah, um, in this episode, we're just going to be kind of breaking down the first week of everything that happened in the NBA. So we've got, we're going to talk about some of the news, some of the teams, games, stats, lots of fun stuff, lots of stuff uh, stuff coming up. But first, Dylan, how was your Christmas? <laughs> Christmas was wonderful, Ramiz. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it was just a good time to relax with the family and all that. But I think even better, well, arguably even, no, actually, you know, in a normal year, might have been even better. But this year, it was kind of lackluster was the Boxing Day games. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to those later. But my Christmas was lovely. Thank you, Ramiz. Well, that's good to hear. So obviously very early on in the week and maybe a little bit in the week before, we saw a bunch of uh, contract extensions for some of our third, fourth year guys uh, re-upping with their teams. Uh, so yeah, I just want to, let's throw these out there and I want you to tell me, do you like the deal or not, basically? Um, right so on, the first right one on. is Gobert, Rudy Gobert signed a five-year, $205 million contract extension. What do you think of uh, I'm... D- I'm a bit down on this extension. Um, I just think that go, you know, it's a bit of an overpay for Gobert. What is he the most, the highest paid big man ever now? Yeah, I think um, third high, third biggest contract in NBA history, or something like that. Yeah, not you know, obviously that gets bigger every year, just with the money coming in. But you know, that's yeah. not something you thought you'd say with Rudy Gobert. At least no. I didn't think I'd say that. I mean, um, we talked about it in our season preview. Like, is he worth a max? And yeah. he signed for slightly more than the max, but also less than the super max here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't think Gobert's that, that impactful to winning in the playoffs. Um, I think we've seen that the last couple of playoffs. So this just sort of, you know, they're a playoff team now every year, but they might be a first round and out playoff team every year. Yeah. Um, they've, just, they've just sort of locked themselves into where they are now with Mitchell and Gobert. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit down on it as well, but like, I don't know. I can't blame the Jazz because it was kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It's like you can't not pay Rudy Gobert because if he walks, you've now lost your first, uh, I mean, your second, maybe your first best player um, for nothing. And you can't let that happen, especially in a small market like Utah. So yeah. they kind of had to do it. I, ugh, it sucks though. Because like, I don't think he would have demanded a max elsewhere. Like, I don't know if any other team would have given him a ma- given him a max. But you know, what's to say that he doesn't sign for less than a max if he could go to LA or Miami or something like that and get out of Utah? Yeah, I don't know what sort of returns they'd get on a go bad trade, especially in a contract year where yeah, teams are trading for a guy they could just leave if he's not happy. Um, so maybe I don't know if they necessarily look to move him. He seems. The Utah Jazz seem pretty keen on keeping him around, so I think that extension was definitely their first option. But you know, it's just a lot of money for a, a big man that sort of only plays one side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess it's weird because, like, you see offense only big men. You know, you see Carl Anthony Towns. No one's going to question that. Cat obviously deserves a back extension. Like, absolutely, no one is going to question that. Yeah. But why do we why do we question it with a really strong defensive big man? And I think part of that is like uh, Rudy Gobert actually really struggles to defend some of the top big men in the league. I tweeted something about this the other day. Let me find it. Um, uh, his uh, average the averages of Jokic, Cat, and Embiid when they played against Rudy Gobert recently. Let me just find that. So uh, in the first round, Jokic averaged twenty six points, eight rebounds, and five assists. Cat uh, in their last seven matchups between Cat and Gobert has averaged 25 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and Embiid in all five of their matchups throughout their careers uh, has averaged 20 points, or 20.6 points, 11.6 rebounds, and 3 assists. He's had essentially no impact, and, some, and in the case of Jokic, actually plays better against Gobert than against other centers. Yeah, and I think we've seen that in the playoffs where he's just sort of gets lost a bit, or even... You know, during the regular season, he's an elite rim defender. He doesn't, but like he doesn't really switch out onto perimeter guys that much. And your yeah. defense sort of, yeah, you, you funnel him in, you funnel players into Gobert. But in the playoffs, when there's so much, you know, with, when you're playing good teams every night and there's so much 
ball creation generally on these teams. Like against the Rockets, that's just when we saw him get picked apart by guys like Clint, Clint Capella even, who, you know, sort of in the same mold as Gobert, but James Harden was able to just out-navigate Gobert. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not high on Gobert, so therefore I'm not high on this contract, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like the contract, but what else could the Jazz have done, really? Yeah, that is, there is that, too. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one, which is uh, Kyle Kuzma. Um, so he signed for a three-year, $40 million contract, which is perfectly reasonable, weirdly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, perfectly reasonable is the great way to put it. Yeah, I'm thumbs up on this. This kind of works for <clears throat> Kuzma. This works for the Lakers for now, and this works for sort of any team that might be interested in Kuzma. Um, this is a, perf- a perfectly reasonable deal is the perfect way to put it, Rubens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm up on it as well. Like, you know, if you're averaging more points than millions of dollars that you earn a year, I'm pretty happy with that. You, you know, you'll that's, take that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So if he's going to continue putting up, what, what do you put up? Like 16, 17 last season? If he keep, keeps putting that up, that's fine. And this is a really, really good contract to be traded. Yeah, I mean, that's why that's what I thought originally was going to happen. Um when they when he signed the extension, I thought this was gearing up for a trade later this year. But as we slowly realized that this deal doesn't kick in for the money value for a little bit now until next season. So, I mean, and if he keeps playing the way he's played early, his first two games, I don't know, he might just be worth it. He might just stick around for the Lakers. Yeah. Um. All right. So maybe a less reasonable contract here in Marco Fultz with a three fifty million dollar deal. Yeah, this is nuts. This is a this lot of money for good. a dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm down on this for now. Um, Especially in comparison it, to the Kuzma deal. Yeah, I mean, obviously Fultz maybe has a higher ceiling, well, has a higher ceiling than Kuzma, but whether or not Fultz is going to reach that after such a tumultuous career already. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I mean, this is a lot of money to pay a guy that hopefully becomes a consistent starting point guard, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, and that's what, that's what the magic need out of him. It's not crazy. It's what, like 16.6 mil per year. It's not, it's not like insane. And considering how much the salary cap rises, this could actually be a pretty good contract. Oh, I guess if it rose normally, this would be a very good contract at the end of it, probably 16 mil or whatever he gets paid then. But yeah, it's, it's weird seeing a guy that has not proven himself at all, really getting so much money. <laughs> Yeah, like the salary cap isn't going to grow like it has in previous years because of COVID and all that and the China fiasco of last year. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is this is a very strange deal. I mean, I get why the Magic did it. This is kind of you know they traded for a guy. He's a young guy that shows promise. They want to keep him around, and you know, Fultz was the number one pick after all. Like, I mean, but from day one, it seems like everything's gone against Mark Hill. So I don't know yeah. if. Orlando was hoping that they saw enough out of him last year that they believe he's going to, you know, keep, maybe get back to that number one pick status. But um, yeah, for right now, I'm, I'm down on this, this extension. Yeah, I'm down as well. But like, I'm scared Marco Fultz is going to turn into the next Michael Carter Williams. And they're on the same team, which is not good. <laughs> he's got the he's got the role model right there. <laughs> Wait, is MCW on the Magic? Have we established that? Uh, he is on the Magic, isn't he? I don't know actually anymore. He is right. <laughs> it's yes, it's he, is. he is. He is. Yes, yeah, we've, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's scary to see uh, whether Marco Fultz will end up like that. I mean, it's I'm down on it. It's not the worst contract in the world, but it's not good. Um, yeah, that's for sure. So the next one is Ochiadanobi signed for a four-year, seventy-two million dollar contract. I love this contract. I think this is great. This is yeah, I'm right there with you. This is a great deal. Um, is this same money as Fultz-ish? Yeah, roughly. Oh, a little bit more. OG's roughly. getting 18 a year, while Fultz is getting just under 17. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is a great deal. This is... For, I think OG's about to take a massive step this season, uh, big step up, um, take on more responsibility on the offensive end, whilst also being, you know, a pretty elite defender on the other end. Um, he's still young, obviously, um, just finishing up his rookie deal, but... Yeah, I think this is a great move for the Raptors. Yeah, I think it's. I agree. I think it's a great move. I think, you know, he's just a guy that goes out there. He does 
exactly what you expect him to do. He's a good two-way player. What more do you want, really? Doesn't shoot to miss. He does not shoot to miss. That's right. Um, <laughs> next, we've got Jonathan Isaac with a four-year, $80 million contract. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, yeah. Okay, so I'm not I'm not completely down on this deal. What I'm down because he's, Isaac's had two knee injuries in like the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to miss all of this season with an ACL tear. Yeah, I'm looking um, at basketball reference. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he had a pretty scary knee sprain earlier in last season, too, I think, that he came back from and then tore his ACL. Um, yeah, this is... But, you know, if he comes back healthy, which we've seen from guys with ACLs now, um, ACLs yes. aren't yeah. sort of the career-ending injury that they were maybe 10, 20 years ago. Um if he comes back and continues his projected path as a defensive, you know, Swiss Army knife, like he can he can guard pretty much. It seems like he can guard one through four and sub fives. Like he's yeah. that long, he's that quick twitch. Um, got great hands. So if he can keep developing into that and then get his get his offensive game right, you know, make some threes and stuff like that, which you know he was trending towards that way last season before he got injured. Um, this could be a worthwhile deal, but it's really how the injuries impact his development is what could break this deal. Yeah, this is a really high-risk, high-reward um, kind of deal. Because, like, if he does turn into... I mean, if he does play as he has, like, last season he had 1.6 steals and 2.3 blocks per game. That's ridiculous. Um, That's Like, nuts. if he can keep that up, you know, it looks like it's worthwhile, but he also only played 34 games last year. Um, well, yeah, 34 games yeah. last year. 27 days rookie yeah. year. You know, an injury-prone guy who's not much of a scorer. It's it's a bit of money. I'm down on it because of, I don't know. It's like if it were four for 60, I'd be like, yes. Four for 80 is a lot. Yeah, or even three for 60, maybe. The, yeah, the, le- fewer years. It is, it's the years. Yeah, fewer years. Four years is a lot. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe... I, I mean, that's what the magic position, the the position the magic are in, right? You know, they have to keep guys around. No one's coming to Orlando, um, and you know, it this signals to me that they're going to start going down that young path, um, keeping these young guys around on big contracts. So, but yeah, it, it is scary money. Both those Orlando deals uh, right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one is. Uh, Derek White, a four-year, $73 million deal. So pretty much exactly what OG Adobe got, plus 250000 a year, roughly. I'm okay with this deal. I don't love it. I don't I don't dislike it, though. Uh, I, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm probably more down on it. I mean, well, I don't know what Derek White averaged last year. Let me just look. Uh, look, I mean... <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> I think yeah, he's like, the main thing. I don't know. I think you can find... Yeah, what did he average last season? He averaged 11 points a game. Like, I feel like you can find Derek White's sort of every year in the draft. I don't know if you need to pay Derek White $73 million, you know. Um, but he is serviceable. He's a guy. He's had his definitely had his moments with the Spurs. Um, I'm assuming... You know, I don't watch the whole lot of Spurs, but I'm assuming he has to be better than these numbers to be worth this money. Um, yeah. So he's doing something, obviously. But I don't know. I just feel like you could find Derek White's, you know, year after year, free agency in the draft, stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he does seem like a pretty common player, so I guess this is a bit much. But, you know, there is potential there for him to really just build up some chemistry with the core. I don't see him as a star. He's never turned into a star, uh, no. at least, I don't think. But, um, you know, I can see him. You know, if he puts up 15 a game alongside DeJounte Murray and who's your other main young guy? I'm blanking on it. Um, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, sure. Kendall. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, Golden Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple of them. Um, yeah. I mean, if he can kind of grow with that core, I think I'm okay with it. Uh, that You're kind of paying him more almost as a chemistry thing than it is like a. It seems like it. You're just sort of paying him because he's already there, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm meh on the deal. Yeah, I mean, Kim is bird rights at least or something if he turns into something yeah. better. 
It's also, tradable, at least. It's a tradable contract, yeah. Uh, $18.25 million a year, so, yeah, it's perfectly tradable. Um, Alright, let's get to the last deal here, which is uh, Luke Kennard, a four-year, $64 million contract. Bloody XD, this is hilarious. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you pay Harold this? Why would you pay Luke Kennard? Harold money. <laughs> It's so strange. I mean, do they have his bird rights? Is that why they could pay him this and not Harold? Surely they had Harold's bird rights anyway, so... They would have. I mean... Yeah. This is so strange. And why... Yeah, I know the deadline was coming up for these rookie deals, but, like, why... He was going to be restricted. Why wouldn't you just sign him to a new deal then? Why did you have to jump into a Luke Kennard $64 million deal? Like, he hasn't... Did he even play a game with them before he signed this? I don't think he did. No. No, I mean, this is... This is I did not realize that. Okay. Silly. This is stupid. Between this and the Morris deal, and to a lesser extent, the PG extension, I mean, it's just, what are they doing? Like, they're so desperate to keep Ka- Kawhi around. Like, and like he's already said he's not signing an extension. So they're, you know, planning some other team doesn't have a better offer come free agency this offseason than him, than the Clippers, I mean. I mean, it's just like really desperate look making bad contracts that might just scare him off honestly yeah um look i mean he was good last season in the few games that he played he only played 28 games but he did average 16 points he shot 40 percent for free like those are good numbers those are the kinds of numbers that you would pay a guy like this is what you would pay a guy who puts up 16 and shoots 40 percent from three but yeah, but he was in the East and on Detroit. Yeah. Yes, it, that's yeah. I was getting to that. It's like, can he keep it up on an actually good team against you know in the playoffs? I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful. I'm yeah. I'm very doubtful. I mean, he's a shooter, but like, I don't know. I don't want him to run my offense like he's sort of about to do for the Clippers. Um, yeah. He hasn't proven anything to be worthwhile this deal. That's why I'm down on it mostly. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I'm kinda of the same. I don't I don't know if he's worth it. He might be, but he hasn't shown that he is. Um, yeah. Now before we move on, there was a couple of guys couple of notable guys who didn't uh reach contract extensions. So Lonzo Ball was one. But the one I really want to talk about is uh John Collins. And I saw a report here just earlier today. I'm not sure if it was true, but apparently he was offered a four-year, $90 million contract and he turned that down. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen that report, but that's low compared to what other guys from have been getting. Um, that I'm assuming he thinks himself in the same ilk of, like the, the Mitchells and the Tatums, those massive extensions I got done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or maybe like a Jalen he... Brown or Jamal Murray would be a better comparison. You know, guys who also yeah. haven't been All-Stars, but, you know, you feel like they could be. Yeah. Um, and they got pretty they got pretty close to the max, both those guys, didn't they? Got their extensions. I think they both got the max, if I'm not they mistaken. They both got the max? Well, then, I yeah, so. I can see why Collins turned it down. Um, I don't know what the Hawks have been doing with their big men since they drafted a Kogwu. Um or even really, I guess, <laughs> since they traded for Capella. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd think that Collins would be your five. But, you know, yeah, it seems like they're going to move on from Collins in the offseason. Maybe even before then. Um, he's not, I mean, in this game today, uh, Hawks versus uh, Grizzlies, he didn't even play a lot of minutes. Um, that's without both Capella and Okongwu playing today. Yeah. So, uh, it's just sort of, it seems like they're destined to, you know, move apart the Hawks and uh, Collins. Um, so, I feel like something's on the horizon there. Yeah, I mean, you would hope they don't just let him go into restricted free agency and then walk. He, I mean, he's definitely got some trade value for sure. And then, you know, whatever team he gets traded to, he's a restricted free agent. So, you know, you're trading him to a team and they can probably have it for four or five years. They really, really want to keep him. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think it's something you look at moving. I, you know, obviously it's a rookie scale deal, so it's hard to trade. But um, yeah, if if you can't reach a contract extension, if the Hawks intend to pay him ninety mil and he's looking more in like the hundred and forty mil range, that's too big a gap to make up. You need to move him. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, maybe there's a sign-in trade and restricted free agency that's there for them. But it's just weird because out of the three guys there, Collins isn't the one I'd move. It'd be either a Kongwu or Capella. Capella's um, the one just I because. Yeah, it, well, yeah, definitely Capella for me too. But like, Collins is the is the one out of those three guys that I project as at least being able to play the four. Um, yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, confused why he's the one that they wouldn't extend and sign. Why they why they would trade for Capella in the first place, honestly. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely looking like he's on the move. Yeah, I mean, like. I like I like John Collins next to Trey Young. I do hope they keep him, but it, also, why would you move Capella when he hasn't played for you yet? It's like you trade for him and then you immediately trade him. That that I don't know if that's going to be a first, but it's going to be close to it. Like actively it's, trading for a guy and then trading him before he plays. I think it might be a first for the amount of time he's been on the team and not Probably. playing a game. Yeah, that might be a first, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just strange situation at the moment. Yeah. All right, uh, a little bit more news. So we don't want to dwell on this too much, but just the Rockets aren't. The Rockets, as Dylan put it earlier, what'd you say? Um, they're on. They're on the Sanders naughty list. Or that's were. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just James Harden uh, allegedly at a strip club. Was that confirmed? That that was. Uh, according to him, he was at a a friend's party. That's right. Sheep- she got promoted or something like that. That's right. Um, While also not wearing a mask. Um, in Yeah, indoors with lots of people not wearing a mask, which is against the league's protocol. Um, very against, yeah. And he got fined, was it 50k for that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then he was forced into a quarantine. A seven-day quarantine, which is now cleared and is looking to play uh, today or yesterday when you I hear this. but a um, four-day quarantine, actually. Was it four? I thought he did seven and then... Uh, some other guys who were part of a contact tracing, John Wall, uh, Eric Gordon, DeMarc's Cousins, and some other... There was a few of them because uh, they didn't have enough... So for the Rockets' first game of the season, they only had seven available players because Harden was obviously quarantined, and then they also had another seven guys uh, dealing with contract tracing. Yeah, that Thunder Rockets game was suspended. Yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, I don't know if it was I the mean, other seven guys. There might have been a couple of injuries there. I'm not sure, but yeah. Either way, uh, the Rockets have been <laughs> not doing their due diligence. <laughs> no, uh, no, around um, the around the COVID protocols, and yeah, I don't know the exact situation, so it might not be some of these guys' faults. But in in the terms of Harden, it's definitely him. You know, just flouting the rules, and yeah, <clears throat> you know, I've more or less not wanting to beat Houston. I think. Yeah, I mean. This is a good way to get traded, I guess. If they just hate yeah, you that much, not to the team you want, but no, yeah, you can get no. out of there. <laughs> you can get out of there. I, oh, dude, I can't see him ending up anywhere. I don't know what team wants him that wants to take on this kind of baggage, other than a team where it's like, yeah, we know we can control him. And I think the only team that thinks that might be the Lakers. <laughs> and I highly doubt there's a Lakers deal out there. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Unless that Kuzma contract is really enticing to the Rockets right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tough. Um, I don't I don't know how much this affects Harden's sort of trade value just because he's so good. But, like, yeah. surely teams don't want to have to put up with this. No, no, um, they definitely don't. Like, you know, Harden's, def- Harden's known as a partier. I don't know if this is different, if he's content in Houston or not, to be honest. Yeah, I heard this uh, phrase on a different podcast. I think it might be the Locked On Nuggets podcast or something like that. Uh, James Harden is an NBA superstar, and you don't want to trade him to a team where they don't have any NBA... Uh, NBA rock star, I should say, sorry. Um, and you don't want to trade him to any teams where they don't want rock stars or have rock stars. Um, yeah. So teams that really focus on hard work, getting in the gym... Not far on it. And that's that's a few of them right now, especially all these young teams that actually probably could put together a package. You don't want that. Yeah. Um, it's just difficult to see who wants to put up with this. Um, so, yeah, the headline is Rockets being dumb at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> Rockets and, uh, yeah. yeah Harden's a big part of that at the moment. Uh, I think Harden's the main part of that. Like, I mean, the other guys, I don't know if they broke protocol. Yeah, I, I 
I haven't heard of any sort of fines or anything against them. At the moment, all we know is that they've been part of contract. Well, all contract I know at the tracing. moment is that they've been part of contract tracing. So. I believe they all cleared negative as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, I think so. so too. I think, if anything, that was just an accident. I mean, yeah, I, I, I feel bad picking Justin James Harden here a little bit and not, you know, picking on the rest of the Rockets, but I don't think the rest of the Rockets did anything particularly stupid, whereas James Harden definitely did. Definitely did. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's tough for the bigger Rocket right now, or a Rockets fan at least. Yeah. All right, so that's all the major news from the past week. Let's get to our next segment, which is called One Big Question. So in this segment, we're going to... We're going to talk about just a few different teams that played in this past week. So every week, we'll talk about a few different teams. We'll eventually get through all of them, but right now, we're just going to talk about like three or four of them, really. And we've each just got one big question about each team, and I've also brought a stat uh, to kind of back up my question, at least. Um, A weird kind of stat to back up my question, at least. Um, So the first team we want to talk about here is the Warriors. Dylan, do you want to go first? What's, What's your question? My question is... Well, I have two questions in one. It's who can create offense when Steph Curry's out, when he's on the bench for this Warriors team? And that sort of folds in with is Draymond Green able to still able to be an impact player like he has been in previous years? Because a lot of my questions right now about the Warriors are about their offense, about how they create their offense, and can they actually defend anyone? And, you know, on paper, Draymond solves both those issues. But, you know, that's Draymond of a couple of years ago. And last year he wasn't great, but that was sort of a weird season for the Warriors anyway. Um, Is, yeah, the question, I guess the real question is, is Draymond Green able to fix their issues right now? Can he still be the impactful player he was in those championship years? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Draymond was never much of a playmaker to me. A lot of his assists came from, you know, having Steph and Clay there and just guys who just could easily, easily hit shots. I don't see Draymond being any kind of a secondary or even really a tertiary uh, playmaker for them. He would definitely be able to help them defensively. In fact, I I think they will be very good defensively with Kelly Oubre next to Draymond Green if they continue with that lineup um, and they don't move to the bench or anything. I think that is a good defensive lineup, so I think they'll be fine there. But offensively, I don't think Draymond's going to do anything for them, really, because he's also not a guy that creates his own shot. Yeah, that's the thing. He'd be have to creating for other guys, and right now, um, there's not a lot of guys that can score on this team. I mean, Wiggins has, you know, forced his way into some numbers. Um, Ubre's been awful. He's hit like three shots over the first two games or something like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of yeah. I I see what you're talking about with Draymond's playmaking. Um, I think he's still, I think he can be a bit of a playmaker in terms of. Off the pick and roll, off short rolls, he can make passes inside. Um, obviously, what you're talking about is him running handoffs with Curry and Clay, and them just hitting tough shots. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I still feel like he can at least run the offense a little bit. He he's the leadership that maybe they need out there right now. And you know whether his skill is there or not, I think that leadership will always be there. So I think that will help them. But it's just in terms of actually producing stats and stuff i don't know if he's going to be able to keep up his old production uh, that they might need right now i mean and yeah that kind of plays into my question a little bit so my question is can curry actually do anything without a second option um you know so he kind of doesn't have anyone from his championship team on his roster right now in fact i don't know if he has anyone from his championship team except for dre i don't think so yeah And Um, and obviously dre hasn't played yet yeah yeah so it would be nice to get a little bit of chemistry. So, like, it's really a lack of chemistry. Like, you see guys just aren't in the right positions. When you watch the Warriors, they, they just look a little bit dysfunctional. They don't look very locked in on defense. It, they definitely do need that kind of leadership. But the reason I asked whether he could do anything with, without a second option is just, you know, you said it was Clay and Steph coming off screens and hitting tough shots. I don't think Steph can do that unless he also has another threat, in, in, in particular Clay there. So, like... Oh no, there's like the idea of cutting kind of gravity on a basketball court. Like obviously Steph has the most gravity on the Warriors, but Clay's still, you know, drawing defenders and stuff like that. So that gets Steph yeah. just that extra half a second. You know, 
um, when when he doesn't have another option out there, the opposing team could just kind of play like box and one or triangle and two and just hedge on every screen and just stop him, and then no one else is going to hit a shot. Steph I mean, is that's a, what we, yeah, that's what we saw in the Bucks, um, the Bucks Warriors game. Just every time Curry got the ball, every time he drove anything like that, the Bucks would just crowd him and make him. You know, either take a tough shot or make him pass it out to a guy who, you know, a Wiggins or an Ubre who, you know, that's where you want your shots coming from if you're the Bucks defense. Uh, you know, it's yeah. just, it's tough for him to now to get a good look just because there's so much, you're right, that, you know, he's got so much gravity, but there's no other, there's no other planets around him to pull some, exactly you know, pull some defenders away from him. Yeah. Um. So like, uh, kind of demonstrate how, how important that is. In 2014-15, so the season before the 73-9 season, their championship season, uh, in games where Clay scored less than 15 points or didn't play, they were 12-7, and seven, which sounds great, but that's a 50-win team. They won 65 games that season, meaning they were on pace for about 69 wins when Clay was actually scoring above 15, points, 15 or more points per game. That's a really, really big difference. And if no that's one's huge. hitting those shots, if no one's out there being that second option... You know, they're not even going to be a pace for a 50 win team because at least then they had, you know, Sean Livingston to create some offense. They had, you know, David Lee and Andrew Bogut to actually bang inside. What do they have now? I mean, a rookie in James yeah. Wiseman and then two guys in Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre who can't hit a shot. In fact, Andrew Wiggins, um, in the first game, he it was just the third time in NBA history a player had 14 3 and 2, shot less than 26% for the field, shot. Less than 34% from three. Had four fouls, four turnovers in 31 minutes. I know that stat means absolutely nothing, but that's a historically it's, bad game. It's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. The other two it's were just... David Stadamire in 2005 and Lamont Murray, never heard of him, in 1995. So it happens once every 10 to 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's tough. That just sort of shows that. Obviously, that's um, Wiggins' as well. It's not his first game, but, you know, first game with this season's Warriors. And, uh, you know, they've got some stuff to iron out. But I have real questions about Wiggins, um, I think, as everyone does, um, about whether or not he can be an impact player. And uh, he hasn't helped He hasn't helped his case uh, so far this season. So, um, yeah, it really is as... <laughs> What can the Warriors do when it's just Curry out there? And yeah. right now, it's looking like they can get blown out, and that's about it. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't put too much weight into these first two games because they've played arguably the two best teams of the East. You know, it that might is be different they if they play tough... against the Hawks or the Grizzlies or someone like that. They might actually be able to score a bit more or a team without like a really elite perimeter defender because um, obviously Steph was kind of dealing with Drew Holiday um, in the Bucks game. So yeah, I that mean, is true. I I think they're still going to be a good team, but they're really, really going to struggle against those very good teams. They're obviously not the Warriors of old. They're not championship contenders right now by any means. Um, no. You know, on the on the plus side for the Warriors, Wiseman's looked great. Um, he's had you know, big scoring numbers. He's been hitting threes, which a lot of people thought was going to come later in his career. Um. Yeah, so there's there's that to be excited about. Plus, you know, you haven't had Draymond, like I said. Um, but, yeah, that's my question, is whether or not he's going to be impactful. But, um, yeah, tough start for the Warriors. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's go on a bit more of a positive note here. So the next thing we were talking about here is the Nets. Dylan, I can see your question here, and it's a, it's a big one. Yeah, are they, are they just the best team in the league? I mean, obviously the Lakers are the champs, but... This 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 offense by the Nets is unreal. Like it's kind of unfair, honestly. Yeah. There's just so much offense everywhere. They've got two elite spot up shooters and and you know pin down shooters and Harris and Shamit. They've yeah. got Kyrie and KD who can get shots any day of the week. Carousel Vert and Dinwiddie can both you know get their own offense. Dinwiddie can you know assist other guys. Um, who am I forgetting? Jared you Allen can run to the rim, get your dunks. Yeah. Who was, uh, Torian what, Prince. Was Torian Prince, another Ford who could sort of get his own shot. Um, DeAndre Jordan could still run to the rim and catch some sick dunks. Yeah. I mean, it's how nuts. Do like, it? <laughs> how do you stop it? It's nuts. They've got offense from every single position, nearly one nearly one through 10. And yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, 
and defensively they have looked they've looked pretty good. I mean, KD looks back, he can still hang with guys in the perimeter, can block some shots inside. Uh, Jared Allen looks pretty like he should be starting. I mean, he looks solid out there, big, big long presence inside. Um, yeah, Karis Levert can play some defense. Torian Prince can play some defense. It's just good. It's, it's just good it's just, everywhere. They've got so many players good. where it's just like, yeah, this guy could be a second or the, uh, maybe like a third option on a good team. And they've got those kinds of guys coming off the bench. Yeah, it's it's nuts right now. Um, and they've played the Celtics, who uh, are a really good team, and they just beat the shit out of them pretty much. Yeah. Um, especially down the stretch, I mean. It's nuts, and when when KD and Kyrie are out there, it's it's almost unfair. Yeah, I mean, and they just absolutely demolish the Warriors. I mean, again, we just talked about the Warriors haven't looked particularly good, but part of that is just because they got destroyed in basically two quarters by the Nets. It was over after that, really. It really wasn't close, no. Yeah, um, and like like you were saying, just how deep they are. Can any bench units actually match up here? Like. Maybe the Lakers have a really good bench. Like, Dennis Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell looked really good, but we'll get to that. Uh, but Karis Levert, Jared Allen, that's... Uh, like, who is Ledry Shabby coming off the bench as well? Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's just like those three, and then, you know, you've sometimes got Dan Whitty in there, you've sometimes got Torian Prince or whoever in there. You know, that's just... How? How do you stop that? That's just a starting lineup. It's not a great starting lineup, but that's still a starting lineup. That's... Yeah, I mean... It's it's crazy how deep they are, and you know, we talked about would they sacrifice that depth for Harden it, going for a third star? I mean, right now I wouldn't touch this team. Not I would just Not I would just let it roll up to the finals because um, I think right now this Nets team is easily the favorite to get out of the East. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. Uh, and maybe even they might be the favorites to win the titles right now. But we'll get to the Lakers next. Um, honestly, it's. It's kind of unfair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like you, uh, in the Celtics game, like KD and Kyrie were just like out of their mind. So uh, Kyrie Irving had 30, 37 points, six rebounds, eight assists. He made seven of 10 threes in 33 minutes. That was the second time in NBA history. Mike Conley did it once, which is Shout weird. Shout out Mike Conley. Shout, Shout out, out Mike Conley. Conley. But yeah, 37 <laughs> points. Forget the rebounds and assists, but 37 points off of 70% three-point shooting in 30 minutes, 33 minutes. How do you stop that? Like, what can you do? And those weren't open threes. If you if you watch that game, yeah. those were not open threes. I mean, it, yeah. right now, he just looks in the zone, and so does KD. And I feel like because they've got such talented, supported crew around them, they could just focus on getting buckets, especially Kyrie. Yeah. I mean, you can see he ended up with the eight assists there, but he just could go out there and get whatever shot he wants and take whatever shot he wants. And I think having a really great coaching staff in D'Antoni and Nash seems to be able to get this team gelling pretty quickly. Um, they just look like, you know, one of the best offenses ever, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think come the middle of the season, you know, you might get some dog days. They won't play quite as well as this. They might get into a bit of a slump. Even yeah. then, they're still going to be pretty good. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm still waiting to see Kyrie Irving post up. I, I want to see what happens. Because <laughs> if that's if that's yeah. his lazy shot and it goes in, well, GG. GG. Fun season. Take it up now. I mean, they've nearly they've nearly scored 250 points in two games. That's crazy. The Nets. That's ridiculous. An insane offense and still good defense. Still good defense. I mean, obviously the Warriors are struggling, but they held that Celtics team to 98 or something like that. Like, yeah, to 95. Like that. They held the Celtics to 95. They nearly That's beat them crazy. by 30. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they can't even play garbage time minutes because if they put in their bench guys, it's still <laughs> a decent five. <laughs> yeah. But so like, they're just going to rack up leads. Because anyway. they could just rest KD and Kyrie. They're going to be so fresh come playoffs because if they're just putting teams away in two and a half quarters... What can you do? Yeah, like it'll be it'll be the same as like the Bucks did last season, where Giannis plays thirty minutes a game and they're winning, but they have like a plus like a point differential of like fourteen. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 wild. So the Nets are looking very very scary. I'm sure we'll talk about the Nets a lot this season because I don't know. I'm I'm waiting to see 
what kind of team can actually give them a show, give them a match. Because, you know, the Warriors obviously couldn't, but if the Celtics couldn't, who can? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously this is, you know, early season. Very but, early. Um, yeah. you know, you'd imagine teams get better as the season goes on. And if the Nets are going to get better, then look out. Yeah. All right, let's get to the third and final team we're talking about today in the Lakers. And my question here, are they trying? Like, it doesn't really? seem like they're trying. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you can't really blame them. They've had what, a bit over two months rest since they've been to the finals to the start of this season. I mean, LeBron usually gets what, three or four months or something like that. How long do they yeah. usually get in the offseason? Um, yeah. I think it's about four so, months. Yeah, so... You know, maybe they don't need to try. <laughs> I, I mean, what they established last year is they don't, yeah, they don't need to. They don't even need the first seed, really. No, yeah, not really. I mean, come playoff time, they've got arguably the two, you know, two of the top five players in the league. So, yeah, maybe during the, I think during the regular season, we see a lot of, a lot of not trying <laughs> out yeah. of this Lakers team, or at least they're stars. So maybe games look a bit closer. Uh, than they would be otherwise, but um, they've really, you know, they're too. LeBron looks pretty mellowed at the moment. He doesn't seem like he needs to go all out. Um, uh, he rolled his ankle uh, for that first game, but he's, you know, he came back for the for the Mavs game on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, and he still put up a light, you know, twenty two seven and ten. But um, yeah, yeah, really, they're just sort of relying on Schroeder and. Harrell at the moment, I think. And, and Kuzma, too. Kuzma's and being great. Working, yeah. Yeah. It's working. Um, um, yeah, they had 40 points combined, Schroeder and Harrell, against the Mavs on Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, um, so that's a huge part of your offense. Like, against the Clippers, LeBron only played 28 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, he only played less than that in seven, game, uh, last, seven games last season, including the playoffs. Uh, six of them were blowout wins, and the fifth one... I, he might have got injured or something because they lost by 14 to the Kings, but they also only played 14 minutes. He also only played 14 minutes. So he he doesn't play less than 30 minutes unless they're just absolutely thrashing their opponents. And like they, you know, obviously you said he rolled his ankle, but he still only played 28 minutes in a game that they lost that they could have potentially won. It was within reach for a while. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll see if a few of those games where you go, oh, you know, they could have pulled it out, but they just didn't. You know, they just didn't um, try. They didn't I think they're still, I think they're still by far and away the favorites in the West, and I don't know if that'll change for me all season, no matter how good the Clippers are. Yeah. Um. One one thing I was thinking about is like, is it you know, there's there's a conversation about like rest or rust sort of thing. There could be an issue in that some of these teams, like the Lakers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Heat in particular, those four teams. Uh, not the Bucks, the Celtics, sorry, uh, teams that made the conference finals, you know, they're rusty, but they're also not fully rested. So I think they yeah. might be trying to catch up on that as well here uh, in terms of the Lakers. And, like, that might be kind of why we've seen a bit of a slow start from the Nuggets. The Celtics didn't have a particular great game uh, against the Nets. Uh, yeah, uh, are they kind of just not very well rested? So you kind of need to, like, not try that much so LeBron can be well rested. AD should be playing you know, enough, because he's, he's still very young. Uh, but LeBron, he's getting up there in age. So, like, if he only plays, like, 75% of the games this season, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. That, yeah, that would absolutely make sense to me. Um, even, AD, even AD looks like he's sort of, you know, he's putting up big numbers, but even he looks like he's sort of trying to chill out to start the season, just to slowly work his way back up. Because, um, yeah, at no point during that, Mavericks... Uh, Lakers game did I think oh here we go they're taking over now it just sort of felt like that whole team was plodding along they were just scoring baskets um, yeah they, it doesn't look like they're trying a whole lot right now which is scary yeah to answer your question yeah alright um, so what was your question actually oh, just, this is a small question for the Lakers because I pretty much I'm with you but uh, my small question is is Marcus Sol still playable he looks pretty it looks pretty old out there. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, uh, during the playoffs last year with the Raptors, we thought that too. He looked pretty old, and you know, maybe he's done with the NBA. But um, yeah, that was the bubble. That was a weird sort of 
thing for every team. Um, but to start for the first two games, he hasn't looked great for the Lakers. And I've noticed that every every time he gets scored on or any sort of defensive mishap happens, he's straight away looking to the bench and complain. Well, not necessarily complaining, but just sort of trying to figure out what's going on. He looks yeah pretty confused out there. Um, and I'm, maybe that's just because he's fresh fresh with the Lakers. But yeah, he looks he looks pretty slow out there. I don't think he's hit a whole lot of shots while he's been out there. Uh, I um, can actually answer that for you. He has taken one shot, and he what? missed it. He's taken one shot, and he missed it. Oh, my goodness. He took That's... one three. He has two points off of two free throws. That's it. He has more turnovers than he has shot attempts. Well, that answers my question a bit more then. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I did not see that. That's nuts. <laughs> in total, yeah, in total I mean, this season, he has two points, 10 rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, and seven fouls. How many minutes has he played? That's the, that's the real question. 32. Yeah, so he's playing about 15 minutes a game, which 16, is, you know... Yeah. What a, yeah, 30, 16. Uh, yeah, that's what I you know, kind of expect, but he hasn't looked great, obviously, in those minutes either. So, yeah. Might be might be a tough season for Gasol, but, you know, the Lakers aren't relying on it. Relying on him anyway, so no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a little bit iffy whether Trez could step into that starting role if Gasol really does just keep playing like this. Because I don't know if he plays like this for the rest of the season, I wouldn't start him. Do you start Montrez yeah. or do you I slide mean, AD over to the five? Maybe you just sign another big body. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe Javale gets released by the Cavs and they Did bring they him back. I don't spot? know. Maybe they're... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I doubt but, it, but um, yeah. But yeah, that might be something they look forward to. Um, make a trade, even maybe. But um, no, I think... Yeah, obviously, I don't think they're relying on Gasol, but it's it's interesting to see how it might have just regressed too far. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Powell actually does end up with the Lakers at all. I don't know if yeah, what's talked, happy in that. He talked about that, didn't he? Um, yeah. Wanting to make a comeback with the Lakers. That'd be fun to see. I, I think it'd be fun to see which one scores more points. Because right now, <laughs> Powell could catch up pretty easily. Powell could catch up in a quarter, yeah. <laughs> yes. In one possession, actually. In one, yeah. Actually, one possession. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, did you have anything else you wanted to say on any of those three teams, or any like shout-outs or mentions you wanted to give to some of the other games? Um, shout out to that uh, Celtics Bucks game. That was fun. I mean, obviously Tatum hits that crazy step back three. Oh, stupid! I hated that. <laughs> I, love I, it, but I hate it. <laughs> I'm glad he hit it, but I'm completely off on people hyping it up like he meant to bank it. Oh, he like did. It was no so- way you did. Exactly. So yeah, like. People's like, oh yeah, you can see him practicing this shot since he was came into the league. Like, are people he doesn't practice... he shoots to miss. <laughs> he doesn't practice banking it, guys. <laughs> he missed no, that bad that he banked it. But hey, he made it. You know, I called gay. I called game. <laughs> Not yeah, glass. I did call back. Shout I called game. Yeah. yeah, shout out Paul Pierce. Um, man, but that was a fun game. Uh, but also, I just want to quickly mention how disappointing and. Honestly, kind of soul draining the Boxing Day games were. Yeah, <laughs> I don't sucked. know if you felt the same. They I sucked. I could I couldn't watch that last game after that. I mean, Lakers I slept through the first two. So, yeah, I caught. I started with the second half of the Bucks Warriors, and I watched up to the end of the Mavs Lakers, and which I thought was going to be the best game of the night, and it turned out to be a bit of a snooze. Um, yeah. So, and I yeah, I turned I turned off for the Clippers Nuggets game. Until... Uh, yeah, and Nuggets Clippers was fun for maybe like a total of ten minutes. Throughout that game, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, not not a great uh, Boxing Day slate for us. Um, uh, a bit of a oh, well. disappointing few games. But, but oh, well, qu- yeah. shout out to Richard Jefferson because I really liked him on the call. I know, I I know a lot of people hate him on the call because like he just makes too many jokes and he does not seem to be taken seriously. I kind of like that. Like those games were boring. On in, like important games, I wouldn't want Richard Jefferson there for those games. Thank you, Richard Jefferson. Very I was cool. going to say, I think he might have <laughs> saved that last game yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, usually he's with the Nets broadcast group, so that'll be fun to listen to um, if he's still there with the Nets uh, yeah. over that season, um, especially because the Nets are watchable. Again. Yeah, but, um, very watchable, yeah. Very watchable. But um, yeah, shout out Richard Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, he was just making fun of Paul Mills at the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Paul. 
I've said I said this before. Like Paul Millsap was just very funny on Richard Jefferson's podcast when RJ was at the Nuggets, and I think he just loves like just bullying Paul Millsap. He was talking about oh Paul Millsap's such a hack. He just fouls every time he plays on the court. It's like most announcers would not get away with that, but Richard Jefferson can. Richard Jefferson can. Yeah, he's yeah. he's he's sort of gets the cool guy pass for announcing, oh, definitely which does. is strange, but yeah. All right, uh, let's get to some of our smaller segments here. So let's start with my top three stats of the week. So each week, I'm going to gather up a few of these kind of meaningless cherry pick stats. I know like, I know a lot of people hate these sorts of stats. I like them. I don't think they mean anything. I just think they're fun. I just think they're kind of cool to look at. It's like, oh, that's interesting. So yeah, uh, I've I've gathered a few this season. Uh, I say this is my top three, but this is the only three I found, other than the ones I already said. Um, in terms of like talking about the games, but I'll go through them. So number three is Russell Westbrook had a triple double in his first game of the season. So did Jokic actually. Uh, this has now happened for one player. So one player has had a triple double in their opening night of the season for five straight years now. So LeBron did it in twenty sixteen. Westbrook in 2017, Alfred Payton in 2018, Giannis in 2019, and then Russell Westbrook and Jokic both did it this year. I mean, yeah, I'll get something off my chest. I hate every sort of first game with the team stat or opening night game stat. I hate all those stats. <laughs> you talk fair. about useless. Yeah, you talk about useless stats. That is the epitome of the most useless stat. Oh, it means like nothing. it means yeah. nothing, but. That's pretty cool to see. I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously the triple doubles becoming a bit more regular in the league, it seems like. But um, yeah, I think yeah, before uh, twenty sixteen, the previous time was like twenty eleven. I think I saw something like that. So, oh, yeah, really? So, something like that. Oh wow, that seems yeah, that's nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, good on. They the don't mean anything. <laughs> also, like, that, I hate that's stats so much. Part <laughs> of the reason why it's number three as well. Um, yeah, like I see stuff like I don't know. Whoever was the first uh, whatever, Celtic in 15 years to have 30 points in a season opener. It was like, I don't care. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one game. Okay. Uh, number two is Trey Young uh, joins George Gervin as the only other player in NBA history to put up 37 points on 83% shooting in less than 27 minutes. Uh, he added six rebounds and seven assists, which makes his stat line a first, but 37 points in less than 27 minutes and shot 83% from the field. That's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. <laughs> and, you know, he was able to keep that intact because the Hawks just ran away with that game. But, uh, yeah, that's a – he was just hitting everything. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, George, George Gervin did it in 26 minutes. Clay Thompson did it once in 27 minutes. So. Okay. But, obviously, Trey with the six and seven as well. I mean, yeah. so the, that's the first stat line ever. So, that's pretty, you know, Trey coming out strong. Yeah. All right, and number one, so this this one might be a little bit weird, but so against the Lakers in their first game, uh, the Clippers, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both put up 25 points each, and you would think that means that they're a really good team. Like, when if I were to tell you that the two best players on a team both scored 25 in a game, you'd guess they win? Would you yeah. assume they won? I would assume, yeah, a lot of the time. Last year? Not really the case. There were six and six, which is... Not anything special. It's just they went 500, which is worse than their actual record was, like significantly. So when they both scored 25 last year, they went six and six. Uh, Two of their regular season losses. So it was four and four in the regular season, two and two in the playoffs. Two of their regular season losses were against the Lakers. And then both of their regular, uh, both of their playoff losses were against the Nuggets and both their playoff wins were against the Mavs. Um, So doesn't mean a whole lot, actually. Yeah, I mean just shows you how much they might need to, you know, rely on their supporting guys. But um, the real stat there to me is Paul George scored 25 points four times in the playoffs last year. When did that happen? Yeah, That's actually, news to me. That's news to me. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't imagine it was efficient, but anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just that, that is a weird stat. Because, yeah, when you th- when you think of that, you know, when you hear that, you know, LeBron and AD combined for 50 points, you think, oh, easy dub. But um, it's, yeah, if Kawhi and PG do it, it's not it's not a guaranteed win. All right, let me find, I'm, sorry, I'm just going to find you the shooting. Actually, it was efficient. He was very efficient most of the time. Uh, so he shot 12 for 18, 
uh, against the Mavs once. They won by 43 that game. Um, ooh, wait. Okay, yeah. Sorry, no. He, he shot... He scored 25 points five times at the playoffs last season. Only four times overlap with Kawhi, though. Um, so, yeah, he shot 67% one game, 43 the other game, 67, 45, and 44. So, pretty... Okay, that's actually pretty decent. <laughs> pretty all right, yeah. It's surprising, that's, that's actually, looking play- at it. That's great for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, so, yeah, oh. those are my top three favorite random stats of the week. Um I did quite like uh, the uh, the Wiggins one about just how bad it was, but like that is that's about as cherry picked as you can get, really. That is that such is. a specific one. <laughs> yeah, actual. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to your segment here with uh, your plus minus of the week. Yeah, my plus minus of the week. Obviously, we didn't have a full week to choose from, but I'm going with KD and Kyrie both being plus 31 against the Celtics on Boxing Day, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, that sort of just proves my point of they come in and they dominate and they score. Um, I mean, so yeah, not combined, they were plus 31. Both of them were plus 31, so a combined plus 62 against the Celtics. That's I mean, not quite how plus minus works, but yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, obviously. But um, while they're on the court, both while both of them on the court, they were outscoring the Celtics by 31 points. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's, that's, what, that's how plus minus works. So when your yeah. plus minus means how many more points you scored or how many less points you scored than your opponent while you were on the court. So a plus 31 means that when you were on the court, your team outscored your opponents by 31. Um, yeah. Which is... Crazy. It's Absur- very, very absurd crazy. against maybe the, yeah, one of the premier playoff t- uh, Eastern Conference teams in the Celtics. Um, yeah, they just sort of, they go out there, they get buckets, they just put teams away. Um, yeah, so that was just, yeah, me highlighting how dominant the, the Nets were and how scary they look right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to the next thing here, which is our league pass games to watch. So what this is, we've each picked three games uh, from next w- from next week's slate, or I guess this week by the time you're uh, by the time this is up, uh, that I think might be worth watching. That we think might be worth watching uh, throughout this week. So do you want to go one for one, Dylan? Me first, then you back and forth. We'll do that. You All right. First, so the first one I have is Blazers at Lakers on Tuesday the 29th of December. This is Australian time. This is Sydney Australian time. Times, yeah. I guess time doesn't matter really, but um, the day. What <laughs> even is time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Blazers at Lakers on the 29th. You know, uh, a, uh, a a playoff matchup from, playoff rematch from last year, obviously. The Blazers started off pretty poorly. We will see the play against the Rockets in a couple hours of as of when we're recording this, so, you know, if they play terribly, they might not actually be worth watching, but I'd imagine Damian Lillard will really show up for this game. I think LeBron will probably have a good game. I think it'll just be a fun playoff rematch. Yeah, this is it, especially with this improved, hopefully, Blazers team. Um, definitely looks like a fun matchup, especially with Dame trying to yeah, get revenge on the Lakers, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my first game is is on Monday, so if you catch the pod early enough, uh, you might still be able to watch this one. Uh, it's Mavs at Clippers. Uh, another playoff matchup, or rematch, I should say. Um, <clears throat> the Mavs haven't looked super impressive uh, through their first two games, but they're missing Paul Zingas. Uh, yep. Hopefully, their team picks it up a bit, gets up for this Clippers rematch. Um, you know, obviously, it was pretty pretty fun matchup in the playoffs and I think now that Paul George is sort of he's gotten it going to start the season um, I think this makes it even better Hope, hopefully Kawhi is available for this one yeah yeah obviously. no you do hope you do hope to be seeing both teams healthy I mean obviously Paul Zingas actually Paul Zingas was asking to play the last game so do we know when I heard that back? yeah uh, apparently it was supposed to be January but if he's asked well yeah later in I January I mean a guy can he's ask asking back, back now he's not actually going to be cleared to be that, that is true but um Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. Yeah. All right. So, my next game here is Raptors at Sixers on Wednesday, the 30th of December. Um, now, you're obviously a lot higher on the Sixers than I am. They have looked good so far, but I still do think the Raptors and Sixers might be fighting for seeding, so I think this is a really important game 
in that regard. You know, I think they'll be the five six sort of seed in that area. So a win here could really be helpful in terms of a tiebreaker situation. I think there's just a bit of history with this te- with these teams for the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I I do expect the Sixers to win. Uh, but, you know, maybe the Raptors will actually show up a bit more than they have so far. I mean, the Raptors have been fine, but they haven't been anything crazy. Yeah, um, definitely could have some playoff implications if uh, the Sixers aren't as good as I think they're going to be. Um, but, yeah, this, yeah, they definitely do have some history. It's going to be a fun game. Hopefully, Lowry puts on a big performance Yeah, at Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my game, same day, is uh, the Bucks at Miami. Yeah. Um, they also play the next day as well on a back-to-back. So if you miss this one, you can watch the Thursday 31st game. Um, but yeah, another playoff matchup. Obviously, the Heat sort of embarrassed the Bucks in the playoffs. Um, I think Giannis is looking to have a big game. Uh, I'm sure Milton wants to have some a bit of revenge. And obviously, the Heat want to, you know, they want to keep keep off to their strong start. They want to, well, they're one and one at the moment, but um, they want to, you know, get a good win against this quality Bucks team, which could, you know depending where the Heat finish up, they could be seeing in the playoffs again. Yeah. Sorry, did you mean that these two teams are playing on a back-to-back the next night as well? They're on a back-to-back, both games in Miami, I'm pretty sure. So if you, miss the 30, yeah. if you miss the 30th, you can watch on the 31st. <laughs> the rematch, yeah. Uh-huh. The rematch, yeah. Which honestly might be a better game now that they've, you know, played no, each other once. once. They yeah. could adjust accordingly, yeah. No, they'll be, I think they'll be too tired. A bit lethargic. True. I, I think the True. first game, you know, fresh legs will be better to watch. Um, that's fair, that's fair. My third game. Now, you're probably seeing this and thinking, what are you on about? Uh, Thunder at Magic on Sunday the 30th. What January. are you on about? <laughs> the reason I suggest this is because if you watch this, it will make you appreciate all other games so much more. <laughs> <laughs> I like that reasoning. <laughs> this game is going to suck. It, this is going to be the worst. <laughs> this might be the worst game of the season. So watch it. <laughs> set your expectations really, really low. You'll still probably be disappointed. And then you'll just appreciate everything so much more. I actually am genuinely considering watching this just so I can be like, okay, I like NBA basketball. I will watch the rest. I can get through the (laughs) season if I put up with this. This will be a humbling experience. Yeah, appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that as a concept. Um, I don't know if I'll be following that through an execution. I think I'm pretty pretty thankful for my league pass at the moment. But um, yeah. That's a great recommendation for all the fans out there. How to get them into NBA basketball. Watch the watch the Thunder at Magic. Yes. <laughs> great. Oh, Looking forward to, to think it. About it. Uh, just yesterday, I was telling you I refuse to watch the Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I also refuse to watch the Magic. I missed out on the Heat season opener because I did not want to watch the Magic. That's fair. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my last game for this is uh, the Blazers at Clippers. Um, got two Clippers games in here, but they've been sort of impressive to watch so far, so I think it's kind of worthwhile. Um, but also the Blazers. Um, and they've got a bit of history there. Pat Bev um, and Dame. Well, Pat Bev and uh, was it Marcus Morris set off Dame uh, in the bubble last year. Yeah. And they had the 1-2-3 Cancun. Um laughing at him when he missed free throws. And then obviously Dame erupted for just hitting bombs from the logo for the rest of the rest of his season. Um, So I think Dame's going to come in and just try and kick the shit out of Pat Bev pretty much. (laughs) And he and Paul George also have a bit of a beef and Paul George has played well so far these first two games. So that could be very interesting to Um, see as well. I I definitely think there's some, um, there's some beef here that, you know, could get chippy, which just makes, you know, a bit of fire in this game, which would be fun to watch. So yeah, that's on the 31st. That's definitely one that we're tuned into. I think that'll be a very, very fun game. Definitely. All right. Uh, let's get to our final segment of the show with uh, our over-under of the following week, of the coming week, I should say. Um. So each week, one of us is going to set an over-under line for the other person to pick on, or I guess we'll both pick on it. Um, just something relating to, something to look out for next week. Uh, and then obviously next week, we'll talk about whether or not it came true. Um, so my over-under line for you here is, will Andrew Wiggins shoot 35% from the field? So 35.5% is the over-under line. Okay. 35.5. For the right. week. So he's shot... For the week. So he shot 25% in game one against the Nets at 33 yep. game, two game two against um, 
Who was that against? Um, the Bucks. Um, the um, Bucks. Yes, and they're playing against the Bulls, Pistons, and Blazers. So potentially two pretty easy matchups in Bulls, Pistons, maybe. Okay, so there's some pretty awful defense there in those first two games, especially the Bulls. Yeah. Um, does that give me confidence in Wiggins? Not entirely, no. Um, and also, that Blazers matchup would be fun. 35 and a half is pretty low. Yes, but he's <laughs> but set also, the bar low so far. He also hasn't beaten that bar yet. <laughs> um, I'll take that over. I'll take that over. I think, you know, surely it doesn't stay this bad. <laughs> this is, you know, it's got to even out at some point. Uh, I think the Bulls game, maybe he just hits 70% of his shots and slowly coasts for the rest maybe of the week. Keep but, it up. You know, keeps the average up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, go, I'll take that over there. He gets 36 at least. Give me the under. I think he's just going to not oh. hit his shots. Um, I think... Oh. I know you said bad defense in terms of the Pistons. Jeremy Grant's probably going to be on him, which is not going to be great for him. I mean, Jeremy Grant's not, like, elite, but he's a good defender. And he's he's definitely long. Um, yeah. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to shoot pretty poorly in at least two of these games. He might shoot a right on the balls. Definitely not. I don't think he'll shoot 70%, maybe more like the high 40s or low 50s. But I think he'll shoot pretty terribly in the Pistons and Blazers games. Um, especially because like, you've also got a decent amount of defense going on to Steph Curry. Um, so he's going to have to delegate to Andrew Wiggins a lot. And Andrew Wiggins probably going to take some bad shots as he and in particular Kelly Uber have um, so far in their first couple of games, give me the under. I think he'll sit around 33% again for the week. I think he'll start to pick it up again later, like after that, but this week... You'd hope so. Give me the, <laughs> give me the under. Well, that is tough. Especially that, that Blazers game is going to be tough for him to get buckets. Um, yeah. Man, <laughs> that's de- that's depressing to hear, but also yeah. I'm not shocked by it by any means. I mean, I, I picked Idrugan just because Kelly Oubre is shooting 17% from the field so far. I was going to um, say, it's yeah. pretty bad for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's pretty much the end of the first week of NBA action. Did you have anything else you want to add to anything we talked about today or anything we missed? Um, no, just basketball's back. Let's go. Basketball's back. Yeah, so keep an eye on some of those games we suggested. If you don't have time, make sure you tune in next week uh, to hear our recap of what's coming up. Uh, but yeah, if you ever do this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify. Uh, leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts because that would very much help. We, You know, start of the new season, a lot of people looking for podcasts and ways to consume the NBA. You know, help us grow a little bit. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at stat underscore stuffers or Twitter and Facebook at stat stuffers. You can email us at statstuffers5 at gmail.com. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace.